Hey everybody, today's show is brought to you by Hoopsters, a basketball-themed board game only available at hoopsters.store. I like playing board games because it gives me a chance to connect with my kids or my friends, and for me, the best games are a lot of fun, but they're easy to learn, right? I don't like checking the rules on the inside of the box to lay every other move. Great games require some strategy, but also a little bit of luck, and they don't take forever to complete a game. I'm not a fan of those five-hour Monopoly sessions. So I can tell you firsthand that Hoopsters is all of these things. You can play a quick game in 15 minutes or longer one in 30. It brings all of the thrill of basketball together with the strategy of backgammon. And I just can't tell you enough about how much fun it is. Each set is handcrafted here in Central Ohio, so head to hoopsters.store, and if there aren't any sets available, you can drop in your email address and we'll let you know as soon as we have some more. That's hoopsters.store. Now on to the show. Alright, hang on, and we'll do this in three, two, one. QBMOC. Hey, we fire up the old hype checker and aim it directly at the Indians and the Browns. And Antonio's helmet has us remembering great superstitions in sports. Plus, we've got English Premier League locks and NFL preseason trivia. Everybody, live from the Hague City Tavern, this is Sports Wednesday! Sounded good there as always, Maestro and Coach. Nice job in the cleanup spot there on the intro. Thanks. No worries. No worries. Hello, everybody. Welcome <laughs> to Sports Wednesday, sports talk for the medium fan. That means we know the big storylines, but we often get the details wrong. As long as you're cool with that, we're cool with that, and we can go ahead and have a show. Everybody cool? Cool. 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 My name is Pete Brown. I'm the big man on campus. You'll hear my co-host refer to me as BMOC. That's what this means, BMOC. Let me tell you about these co-hosts, too. This guy. This guy. (laughs) This guy has Indian tickets for tomorrow night's game. It's the coach, basketball legend, Matt Longley. How are you, coach? I'm doing good. Going to see him play the Bo Sox. Going to see the Bo Sox. Cool, 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 cool. Cool, 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 cool. What's the Bo Sox? That'd be the Boston Red Sox. Wicked smart team. And that second voice, this guy. This guy. This guy. He keeps it honest when we're totaling up the points. It's the maestro, Brian Hake. How are you, maestro? Damn straight. You left me two points hanging, but we'll talk about that later. We'll talk about that later. Math is not my strong suit, nor is handwriting. Before we get into it today, and this is a good show. It's a quirky show, but it's a good show. Guys, I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that uh, Tom Brady is not going to be on tonight, uh, as we had hoped. Oh, damn. But We're after no worries. for next week, right? Yeah. So uh, what you can do uh, when you want to hear our exclusive interview with Tom Brady is to follow us on Twitter at Sport Wednesday. That's Sport Singular Wednesday. Or over on Instagram at Sports Wednesday. Not a whole lot of content on the Instagram, guys. we got to get on it. No, I I I, I agree. Well, we we dropped a follower too. We're down to we one seventeen. One seventeen. I'll tell you what though. What is impressive is that we posted over four hundred times. 
All right. I mean, we're going positive. Okay, we're going, we're going positives here. Four thirty. That's right. It's not bad. That's right. I predict we're going to be at uh, one twenty before the end of August. I like that. That's hey, you know what? Let's get to two hundred by the end of the year. Can we shoot for that? We can shoot for that. We sure. Commit. Yeah. We got to commit right. to it. Mm-hmm. Not a problem. Right, I'm and kidding. I'm I'm also going to be starting pitcher in the World Series. <laughs> That's awesome. Can I get tickets? With my 54 mile per hour high heat. Oh, it's it's a gasser. I could still hit the mid to low 50s. Um, you just mid? hit those low corners. You're all right. Mid all right. And everybody, just want to remind you, head to sportswednesday.com and click merch and feast your eyes on the uh, entire veritable virtual shopping mall of Sports Wednesday merchandise. We've got pillowcases. We've got comforters. We've got mini skirts. I love the mini skirts. We got notebooks. Ooh. Coffee cups. Coffee cups. Stickers. We got stickers. Very good. So that's at sportswednesday.com. And again, if you buy our merch and then you send us a picture of you enjoying the merch, it goes right on that Instagram feed where 117 people will see it. We'll also put it on Twitter where we're at about 1234 on Twitter. That's that's some good exposure. That's right. So that's people. <laughs> that's all the housekeeping folks. Uh, the show's divided into two parts, the morning commute, the evening commute. We try and keep them nice and tight. Sometimes we do, sometimes we don't. I think tonight we will. Let's get to the morning commute. Man, he's sounding great on my end. Coach, you're there live with Maestro tonight, are you not? Fantastic. Yeah, very good. Hitting on all marks tonight. Absolutely. You know, people say we're we're the best medium level sports podcast out there, but I'd say we're also the best sports podcast with live music. I'd say we're absolutely the top. Absolutely. We're definitely the best top ten best medium sports podcast that likes Cleveland sports teams. We do, we do. We're very good. At what? What a tee up by Maestro. That was awesome wow. because I said tonight, what do you guys want to talk about? And they said, let's check into the hype because there's two teams from Cleveland that are getting a lot of it right now. Let's start with the Cleveland Browns and we're going to break down what's fueling the hype. I think that's pretty clear. We have Baker Mayfield coming into his second season with Jarvis Landry and OBJ catching passes. Coach, what 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 are people seeing in the Browns, and what is it that they're not that they're overlooking? What is the hype obscuring for them? Well, the hype is that that they've got a quarterback for the first time in, let's say, since Spurgeon win for sure. Yes, Spurgeon win, and I I'm sorry, Spurgeon. I know he's a very loyal listener. I didn't want to uh, offend you there. Since Spurgeon win, he's our first quarterback that we can really get excited about, um, and he's coming off a fantastic rookie year, but. And then you add OBJ, um, Beckham, and then you've got Jarvis Landry and you've got Nick Chubb. I mean, it's it's so exciting because they have so many weapons. And people, when you go to a football game, you love good offense. And this team screams exciting, fun offense. And then I think the defense has some exciting players. They've got Ward. They've got Miles Garrett. They've got a front line that's, at this point, just trending upward like crazy. So like all, and they've got this new coach who's 
shooting from the hip. He's a boy from Alabama, and he just loves his Baker Mayfield, and he doesn't take any crap from anybody. Okay. I mean, people love that crap. They love yeah. it. Just to point out, Miles Garrett is a tenacious defensive lineman, and he is also a poet and a photographer, and he's quite good at both of those things. Wow. Now that's yeah. something I didn't know. That's, uh-huh. uh, that's There you have that's it. Good. Uh, so let me ask you, what what do you think people are overlooking? What is the hype blinding them to? Here's what they're overlooking. It's like it's like any um, any pitcher that comes up in September and in, in, in baseball and pitches to a 7-0 record and finish the season. People are like, damn, that guy was great. It's because it's the first time anybody's seen him. Nobody's got any book on him. They're, they're trying to guess. That was Baker Mayfield last year. Well, now they got, what, 14 games or 13 games on him? They're going to come prepared for Baker Mayfield. They're going to come prepared for what – I mean, it was – Kitchen's offense, so it's not like he's coming with a different offense. So they're going to have to deal with that. They're also going to have to deal with as good as OBJ is, he's going to get double teamed and triple teamed. They're going to make sure so the other guys have to make the catches, and if they don't, it's just – there's all those little things. I think I think they're going to do fantastic, and they're in a division they can win, but those are the things people forget. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say what I think people are overlooking and you listed it as a strength. To me, it's still a question mark and that's Freddie Kitchens. The guy was a running backs coach last year when he took over as interim head coach, hadn't even called a game in the NFL. So seeing how he performs across an entire NFL season, I think is, is something that, I don't know. I have some worries and some question marks around that. Yeah. I mean, he's got to, he's got to deal with some big egos. He's got to deal with, He's got to deal with the fact that, yeah, he hasn't done it before. But I also think that sometimes, you know, Sean Payton hadn't done it before. And then he was fantastic at in, in New Orleans. Um, you know, I think those days are long gone. I think this guy's going to be gunning and running. How many uh, double quarter pounders do you think he has before the games? Oh, that's what I want to know. I think he's a big Mac boy. Oof. Well, I'll tell you what, if, if he has a successful season, he is definitely opening up a bar in the flats called Freddy's Kitchens. Oh, my God. If he doesn't, that's such a missed opportunity. All right. But so, you're right. Uh, I have to agree with you. You're right. Let me, let me ask Maestro, because he's a resident Pittsburgh Steelers fan. He is, you know, he's seen it all with the Steelers. You're looking at this Browns team. You're looking at the Browns fans, Maestro. Are we, uh, are we just drunk on Kool-Aid? A little bit, but you know what? All they have to do is beat the Steelers, and then it's, it's a whole new it's, true. it's a whole new AFC Central. But is I also think that hype is so big because of the teams that are, they're down. Like yeah. Baltimore has a new quarterback that I mean, he was a good running he was a running quarterback. What's he going to do this year? And, and Steelers, you know, you lose your two biggest weapons. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's ripe for the Browns. I think that's why the hype is even amped up even more. Ripe for the hype. Ripe for the hype. Ooh. Ooh, that's a new new phase. I'll tell you what though. I mean, that big Mayfield can shotgun a beer, can he? Oh, I mean, rip it right cameras, out of the cameras were rolling. He really endeared his uh his following in that in that uh, Oh my wild. gosh. That was yeah. like a love it was a love letter to Cleveland, but I think actually Oh my god. Around the country people were like that's pretty cool. I get that's pretty oh, cool. That's pretty sweet. But you know what, his girlfriend, or if that was his wife or girlfriend, but she did not look surprised. No. So that yeah. must be like a oh, common... Uh, and the way he did it, that was a man who's done that before. I, I don't think he's married. I think that's... I think she likes married. him. Oh, he got married, so she like-likes him. She like-likes him. She got married I this got uh, this summer. 
Yeah. So uh, Baker Mayfield, apparently forgiven by the people in Ohio for planting the Oklahoma flag on the center of the horseshoe after the yeah, Sooners came I mean, up and cares? beat the Buckeyes. Who cares? Um, all right, so now we're going to do it. We're going to predict the Browns' record, and uh, this will this will just be a bonus point floating out there if you get it at the end of the year. How many wins? How many losses? And we're going to start with the coach. Ten and six. Whoa, Ten Maestro. Six. I was going to give them nine and seven. I think something bad's going to happen. And they're going to bounce back. I think it's going to end up. They're going to be troubled, and then they're going to bounce back. Whoever gets mm-hmm. hurt is going to come back. Could be Baker, could be a running back. Be. Well, I, uh, I I also am at nine and seven too, just because I'm I'm just so tired of getting my hopes up and having them crashed and dashed on the shores okay, of Lake Erie. Are you guys going to be going to downtown Westerville to Jimmy V's or what? Was oh yeah, you can be doing yep. that again this year. I would think so. Yeah, Jimmy definitely. V's. Um, Past times we were going to for a while there. They have a they had some pretty good wing specials that uh, past times. So good times. Yeah. good times. Yeah, good times. Yeah, you know, hundreds of thousands of Sports Wednesday listeners are trying to figure out where we're watching the game, and so we always have to call the <laughs> restaurant and let them know we're coming so that they can oh. kind of prepare for the influx and hire some extra security and have parking and all that. So right, and it's put up a the big table up front for the live show. It's it's we're a big kind, deal. We're kind of a big deal. Meanwhile, meanwhile, Maestro goes to Steelers bars and it's just him, and they and they watch and they like, <laughs> and a bowl of cabbage soup. Yeah, that's what I. Thought. All right, so that's the, that's the hype meter aimed at the Browns. Now uh, let's aim it at the Cleveland Indians. Indians just took three out of four from Minnesota to uh, tie them atop the American League Central, uh, but they're starting to look pretty good, hitting the ball well. Grand slam uh, to win the game the other night. What's fueling the hype, Coach? Oh, I, it's it's all just it's pitching for them, and then finally for three or four players that were just basically sitting in in not doing anything. Jose Ramirez and some of the players like Jason Kipnis, who were just kind of middling about, are starting to get super hot. The trade they had, Yasiel Puig, has been fantastic, um, and the Twins. I got to tell you, they are. They are puckering up and they are feeling the pressure. They they had an injury too, right? Who the twins? Yeah, they had uh, Nelson Cruz uh, strained his wrist, um, who was their hottest hitter. They're just—I think that's a young team that has not battle tested. And the Indians have been there, done that, and they're the twins are at the same time. The twins are starting to crumble mm. like a sandcastle on the Outer Banks, and then you've got the Indians starting to just absolutely blaze it up. Nice. Pull the outer banks in there. I thought you'd enjoy that. Pull the outer banks in there. (laughs) Good times. Good times. I totally understand what you mean by that metaphor, coach. Uh, The twins and Indians play six more times before the end of the year though. So, I mean, this, I, I I just think it's going to be a close cut coming down to the finish. I I think so too. But the one thing that's going to change that is that, if the Indians come into that first series the next time they play and the Indians have, what, a two- or three-game lead, yeah, I, I think at that point it's going to be pedaling the gas and the Indians are going to take it. If they come back tied or it's less than less than two games, then I think it's going to be a series. But three-plus more, either I should say on either side, if the Twins or the Indians are up by yeah. three-plus more, three or more after that, it's over. So but uh, the Indians, by the way, are up five to four as we record in the eighth inning yeah, against they're, Boston. They're uh, 
so you're saying the Royals are out of it? Just a little bit. Just a little bit. I, I believe I believe that would take a hell of an effort to get back, but you know, you never know. All right. Maestro, how far can the Indians go this year? I mean, not very far. I mean, they'll they'll make it into the playoffs, but uh I think there's stronger teams out there. Did, I'd like so to see they, them go far. So division series, championship series, wild card round. Hmm. Do you think they win the Central? Oh, I think they'll win the Central. So they'll get into the division series. Yeah. And will they win that series or they're just, they'll be done? They'll be done. So they'll probably, if they win the division, they'll play the Yankees. Yeah. And you think they'll be done. Yeah. What about you, Coach? See, I think their pitching can beat the Yankees, but I don't think, I don't, anybody, any team after that, I don't think they can beat the Astros. I just, I just don't. The so Astros you're saying so- ALCS. ALCS. And then, you know, I hope, but I, Astros are going to, I mean, they're going to do the World Series, I think. Okay. Well, uh, even when we were hype checking the Browns and I said nine and seven because I'm sick of getting my hopes up, I'm going to say Indians go to the World Series because I'm getting my hopes up. Nice. <laughs> That's a great turnaround. I appreciate I'll tell that. You, I'll tell you why. You know, I start to tune into baseball really around now, August, a lot more where I'm watching games every night. And I was watching the game the other night where Naquin hit the go ahead home run and, and we won seven to five. And then I was watching the other night when we hit the grand slam and I was just like, oh. all right, I, I'm, uh, I'm starting to believe here. And I think it's, I mean, the hitting has been there, but when the pitching is supporting that hitting, it, we can be a tough team to beat. Right. And, and, and once they get the clutch hitting, that's, it's so, you know, you get those hits, those RBI hits in the seventh, eighth and ninth inning, and either you're padding a lead to make it two or three runs or you're coming back and get, I mean, it's, those are happening now where they weren't in the beginning. So, exciting baseball very good all right so that's the hype check aimed at the cleveland browns cleveland indians i like the hype check being a a recurring segment on the show when we start to hear it i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you some major props on that bmoc noise yeah we're all right that brings us to maestro you got your guitar Well, and one of the more bizarre stories to come out this week, and actually not so bizarre if you know much about Antonio Brown, uh, he's traded to the Raiders and he's upset because he cannot get his helmet from the Steelers to bring with him, turn into a Raiders helmet and wear. He's very attached to it. Uh, I only know a little bit about this story, so you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I read that one of the reasons the Steelers can't give him his helmet is last season it was 10 years old and they are not allowed to uh, use a helmet for longer than 10 years. Yes, yeah. and, and that model was discontinued. Yeah, He's yeah. got the helmet. I mean, the Steelers gave him the helmet. He just can't use it. He the just NFL can't won't let him. So for his own safety, Antonio Brown. So that, that got me thinking. Now I'm assuming he wanted the helmet for superstitious reasons. Is that correct? Yes, and he's so he also talked about it's superstition. He's always worn it, and he also said all of the new helmets have blind spots that he doesn't like, and he can't see the ball when he's trying to make the catch. Mm. So I'm like, okay, okay, I can kind of see that. I guess if you were like a race car driver and somebody switched your car and you can't see, you know, yeah, but 
How come we're not hearing that from any other receiver in the league? Because he's superstitious. That's why it has nothing to do with it. I'm sure. But he's using that as his excuse because it looks better on paper than I just love my helmet. I love my binky. I want my binky. Well, I guess he could just, he he could, yeah. I mean, he sounds, he sounds like an old guy talking about the new sports cars. There are blind spots in those sports cars. My Malibu is fine. (laughs) Um, Maybe he could get the Raiders to make him a giant helmet that he could wear over the Steelers helmet. Now that would be fantastic. That would be fantastic. All right. So that got me thinking about great sports superstitions. I asked you guys to each bring one here that we could share. Uh, let's let's go to Maestro first. Maestro, what's a what's a good sort sports superstition? Well, of course, I went out and looked on the interwebs um, mm-hmm. just to see if there was one that struck my fancy. I know we all know about like growing beards and all that kind of stuff, but yep. Um, the one the one that was surprised me that. Um, probably most people know, but I didn't was that, uh, Michael Jordan wore his lucky North Carolina shorts mm-hmm. under his, uh, playing shorts. Always, always, which I was they were like practice shorts or that they, they were just like yeah. practice shorts. Yeah. Probably something that, you know, he just always liked, but he, so he always had longer shorts to cover yeah. up those shorts. Oh. Yeah. So probably indirectly started, the started fad. the fad for longer basketball. The end of the Larry Bird tiny shorts era was because Michael Jordan was wearing shorts under shorts. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. (laughs) I'm still wearing them. Oh, my God. Long shorts are still in. A a lot of people think that Jordan got his idea to do that from watching the Sports Wednesday video undershirt under my T-shirt, which is on our Instagram account. (laughs) He actually traveled in time ahead to 2019, watched that video, then went back in time again and started wearing shorts under his shorts. Got a t-shirt on. And I got an undershirt under my t-shirt that is 100% invented by BMOC. A BMOC original look. Got an undershirt under my t-shirt. 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 That's yeah, right. All absolutely. right, Coach, what do you got? I'm a baseball guy. All right, so mine, uh, obviously, guy, since I'm a baseball guy. guy uh, He's a baseball, a baseball guy. I'm a baseball guy. And I went down, I remember this one from years ago, because I remember an announcer was talking about it, and it's for the Montreal Expos, and you might know this one. BMC. Oh, no. Yeah. But Moise Salou. Oh, dear um, God. There goes mine. <laughs> did you just use that one? Or I've that got another one. You- no, no, that's okay. So Go ahead. I- no, because I've got another one. I'm going to let you have that one because I have another okay. one because this, the second one is, is dear to my heart because okay. I love it. And, and I, I've seen other players do it. I've seen John Wetland do it, um, who is a horrible human being, but I, I've seen him do it. Uh, and uh, Tin Lincecum is also known for doing this. They never wore a different hat when they pitched. So if you mm. go back and look at the, at the – um, at the video or the pictures, their hats are like just old and t- worn in and, and just dirty. And just, I, I love that. I love that they have this feeling. Cause I like to work my hats in that way. Like yep. I beat the yep. shit them and I don't like them crispy. I don't like the highness factor 11. I want them to look like they've been worn. And Lincecum, every time he was on the mound, he had one hat. He, he'd wear another hat in the dugout, but when he was pitching, he was wearing this, they said it smelled awful, but he wouldn't wash uh, it or anything without his hat. And I'm like, that I love. 
Yeah, sure. That, That's right up your alley. A well-worn hat can make all the difference in a in a man's day. So, hey, Coach. Yeah. Are you wearing a hat? I am wearing a hat. Yeah. I should know I'm standing right next to him. He's looking right at But, uh, BMOC, you want to make a guess on what hat he's wearing? Nisei Lounge. Ooh, that's a great guess. Mm-hmm. 90% of the time I am. That would be the hat he'd be wearing if he was pitching right now. Yes, mm. that would be the hat. Oh, it's an institution. You know it well. Is it? Is it your OU hat? Mm-hmm. Noise. How many OU hats you got? 16. 16, maybe three. Coach, what's that hat you have that's blue with an orange M on it? So that hat is, I'm not really sure where I got it. A kid gave it to me. It was like, I think he was giving it to me because my name is Matt, This one of my mm. former students. Yeah. And I, it could be Marysville, which yeah. is a local school, but I loved it. And I wore that. That hat's worn in very well, too. All right. This has been an right. almost what hat are you wearing with coach only. Almost compelling. But, all right. So here, here, here's the superstition coach was going to go with that, uh, that I, I had queued up as well. And it's that Moise Salou, uh, outfielder for the Expos, for the Cubs, has admitted that he used to pee on his hands in order to tougher, toughen them up. Because he didn't wear batting gloves. Yeah. And, uh, and apparently uh, Yankees catcher Jorge Posada has also said you don't want to shake his hand during spring training. And Kerry <sighs> Wood has even rumored to have tried this. Uh, the irony is uh, in the article I read that peeing on your hands actually would soften them up. So urine doesn't actually toughen the skin, but it softens it. <laughs> Which if you're holding the bat, you probably want it to be softer so it really grips the bat. I think he got the desired effect. He just thought it was toughening them. Sure, sure. I got you. Yeah, I yeah, got you. yeah, yeah. Okay. So, yeah, uh, yeah so peeing little... on your hands. I, I don't think I'm ready to give peeing on your hands the Sports Wednesday seal of approval uh, unless you're Monica and or you're with Monica on the beach and she steps on a jellyfish and you're Joey Tribbiani and you've got to step up. And then That's you've got to be, yes. Only time you should only be time. on someone else. Very good. I'm, I'm going to go with so, that. I agree. Very good. Uh, and very good. what was the, the other one that I wanted to mention, and I also had a backup, is Vlad Guerrero Sr., not Jr., who is currently ripping it up for the Blue Jays. Senior, he, you know, he had put pine tar and stuff on his batting helmet, but he'd actually like before the season, just lay it in the dugout and tell his teammates they could do whatever they wanted to it. So they'd bash it and smash it. And he just loved having his helmet. Yeah. Like they'd spit on it and rub it in and stuff. And uh, if you go back and look at him batting. Yeah. It's just worn in. Yep. Yeah. So. And and he also said halfway through the season he'd reapply pine tar just to make sure it was extra gross. God bless him. All right, so those are uh, those are some good superstitions. Uh, a lot of them from baseball. Appreciate Maestro doing one from basketball. This is Ben. Well I got one more. I was. <laughs> I to show you. Yay! All right. What is it, Maestro? Uh, another one that I was surprised. That- to hear about was the Madden curse. Did you guys know about the Madden? Is anybody on the cover? Yeah, the yeah. any anybody that's ever been on the cover. I don't know if it's everybody, but it's a serious majority I'm gonna throw, of players that have been on the cover of the Madden game. The uh, get hurt or have horrible seasons. Yeah. Can I throw out one name to you? Sure. Peyton 
Hillis. Does that name Peyton sound? Hillis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Peyton Hillis. One really good year on the cover. Out of baseball. Out of football. Out of he's football. out of he's yeah, out yeah. of baseball as well, Coach. Out of baseball. Out of well. baseball. He's the Joe Shiverno of football. And that was what 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 a Cleveland story, right? So on social media, Cleveland fans are like, "Let's all vote for Peyton Hillis to get on the cover," and it was like, "Yeah, Cleveland, let's do it!" And we basically ruined the guy's career. We did. He's like, "No." So, uh, Maestro, can I ask you a question? Ask away. <laughs> Well, when you did your first one, then were you about to jump into your second one and I cut you off? Or did you just have that second one and realize we all told two, so you wanted to tell two? I'm trying to improve my hosting. No, it was, it was just my backup. I always have a okay. backup. He always has a backup. It was a good one. All right, this has been... Fun Spot! Fun Spot! Ah, nice work on that fun spot thing. That's great. I'm not a superstitious man, but I don't know if Hoopsters is ever going to make it to market. Coach, what do you think about Hoopsters, the greatest basketball-themed board game that you've never played? I'm still keeping my fingers crossed. I've been doing some thought process and trying to since you and i last spoke i'm i'm thinking of things okay because i I'm do happy. know you you did email me and ask for some specs and i sent you some measurements so i know you got something yeah. cooking there uh i'm so, trying to cook something up here. i'm yeah, not giving uh, up we're not giving up you know august can be kind of like if you're a team not in the in a pennant race or a playoff race in baseball august can really be interminable and i think for hoops this is the hoopster slump right now this and we're going to as soon as as soon we're as september out. comes so we're coming we're coming at it strong uh, until then go to hoopsters.store where you can drop in your email address you can join Seth. fewer people on that hoopsters email list than have walked on the moon if you can believe that so this is an exclusive club at hoopsters.store Dropping that email address. We have done, uh, I think this is episode 77, and we have seven. So basically every 11 episodes, we get a subscriber at hoopsters.store. Store, everybody. All right, let's you know, do the, the evening reason, commute. The, the whole reason you guys did this podcast was for, was for Hoopsters, to make money so that you could pay your kids' college tuition. And, and I'm here, not giving up. And here we are. <laughs> you know, that, my... Man. On the cusp of college time. Oh. We just we, we did the podcast because we love hanging out and talking about stupid shit. Yeah. That's what happens when three middle aged white men get together. It literally is an eighty percent chance that it's gonna become a podcast. <laughs> this yeah. this this week on craft beer and vinyl. All right. <laughs> Let's do the evening commute. Take a sassoon. Powerful. You know, I know two weeks ago, Maestro uh, went back to acoustic for an episode, and we were like, that sounds awesome, but I'm really glad that we're back on electric with lots of pedals going on. Yeah. Sounding I wish good. I, had, I don't have any pedals hooked up. 
So uh, even at Commute, we uh, we do locks of the week. We do some trivia. We take care of our scoreboard so you can see how our uh, year-long prognostications are turning out. Uh, I wanted to kick it off here with just a, a coming soon announcement. I didn't get this set up in time for today's episode, but coming soon will be a Sports Wednesday Open Fantasy Football League. Very excited Ooh. for that to be on a... Watch, uh, watch Twitter, watch Instagram. Once we get that set up, we'll announce it. Uh, and I think uh, first first prize is either I can't remember if it's if it's fifteen million dollars if you win the league or possibly a merch. piece of Sports Wednesday merch. It's one of those two things. We're after, we're, we're figuring that out. Yeah. So uh, I hope by next week to have that up and running the Sports Wednesday Open Fantasy Football League. Good times. Let's look at last week's lock of the week. Now, Coach, can you just briefly recap for us what we were picking last week? So last week, uh, we picked one pitcher that was going to pitch in the weekend, and that was Aaron Sanchez. And we had two chances to make points. well, you could bet your points, and you would bet – you had to guess how many innings he would pitch, anywhere between zero to nine. And then you had you could also wager on how many pitches. So we all picked innings, and we all picked pitches, and we all put wagers on both. And you could bet up to five total points on, on both of them. Okay, so five total points, which means we could I could be like, uh, he's going to pitch five innings, and I'm going to bet three points on that. Yes. So uh, so we really, really got some separation here in the standings. Here's what happened. He pitched five innings, 90 pitches, got the win, uh, almost exactly as Maestro predicted. He had predicted five uh, innings pitched, and he bet two points. He wagered there. Meanwhile, Coach and I each lost three points on our bets of seven and six and one-third. I even remember Maestro mocking us last week during the episode, saying, have you guys even looked into him? <laughs> He hasn't even pitched more than five innings all year. <laughs> no, it's like we're, we're giving him points. And then uh, total number of pitches. Coach thought he'd throw a confident 102 pitches. I thought a little lower at 97. But again, the maestro wagered one point on 85, which was closest to the pin of 90 total pitches. How did it work out? Maestro picked up three points. Yes. Coach lost five points and I lost four points. So our total here, and this should actually be Maestro at 44 of 76. First place. Then I dropped to 37 of 76 and Coach drops to 36 of 76. You guys are a disgrace. So so here's here's what I'm proposing. Okay. (laughs) I'm just looking at this and like when I meant separation, I didn't mean let's basically tank the entire season and just hand Maestro the crown. We still got time. Here's my proposal. Okay. My proposal is this. I enjoy the concept of of betting with your own money than house money. (laughs) I just enjoy it. I I think it's more fun. Coach has a problem. Yes, I do. Here we go. So I'm proposing that any week, whenever we do this, you can wager up to five of your own points. Up to five. Doesn't matter. One, two, three, four, five. It's your call. And that way there's some skin in the game. And now we're starting to, oh, maybe I maybe I want to try to, you know, the gambler and you says I can make this all up in one one week. Or you play slow and low. What do you guys think? Or do you want to just do our one point, whatever? It's up to you guys. 
Stop well, this is a proposal. Maybe we need to sleep on we it. We need to sleep on it? All right. Okay, let's sleep on it. Unless BMOC, you're, you're all in. Uh, no, I mean, I, I'm already seeing Coach laying in the, in the gutter with like nine points on the year. <laughs> We got to protect him from himself. Uh, no, I think that's an idea. I think what we should do is like maybe every other week, every some week we're going to be like, this is a wagerable lock. And if it's a wagerable right, lock, then we've designated a certain number of points. So, for example, this week's lock, we're picking English Premier League games, one point if you pick the winner. But then let's say you can wager up to two points on your goal differential. Okay. All right. All right. Something like that. Like that. Okay. Locks of the week. Very good. So, so uh, again, Maestro forty four <laughs> went from all of us being tied to up eight. So, Coach, you're in the swing on that. you're in the basement. You can pick. Uh, we're looking at English English Premier League games on uh, August seventeenth. That's uh, this coming Saturday. Pick us a winner, and then if you want, you can pick the goal differential, and you can wager up to two points on that. Okay, I'm going to pick Burnley, and they're playing Arsenal. And the goal Ooh. differential is going to be one. And I'm going to bet, obviously, one on the game. I'm just going to go one on the goal differential. Okay. I don't want to get myself out yet. All right. I'm next. I am going to. I'm going to pick. Actually, have uh, I actually have this team's kit, the Brighton and Hove Ooh. Albion. Uh, wow. They're playing. West Ham United. So I'm picking Brighton and Hove, also a plus one goal differential, and also only wagering one. Okay. So I'm picking the opposite of coach. I'm yeah. going Arsenal over Burnley, two to one. Mm-hmm. And then so I'll put one point on the game and then one point on the differential of one goal. Or is that? Yes. Yeah, you got it. All right, so that's Arsenal in Burnley, 7.30 a.m. Are you guys getting up, going to a bar to watch it? Oh, absolutely. I got to interrupt this game or this this whole thing right now. A little, I got to add to the Indians' hype. So as we were on, you said that the Indians were were winning 5-4, to right? Well, Brad Hand came out there and blew the save again, went into the ninth, 5-5, go into the 10th, bottom of the ninth, Carlos Santana, second game in a Boom. row, home run, wins the game. God bless those Indians. The hype machine's up. I got to tell you, I'm, it's right for the hype. Right for the hype. Go Tribe. You, you, win a, you win a bunch of games like that in August. That can just create some momentum, carry you right through Absolutely. the postseason. Oh, that place has got to be going nuts. Uh, uh, yeah. The crowd's going wild, everybody. All right, what do you got? And tomorrow night's game coach is going to see like a two-to-one game, and it's going to be two errors. And I know, and it's going to be – or it's yeah. going to be 12-to-one Boston Red Sox. Yeah, something like that. It'll be it'll be fun either way. Uh, my question is, did you guys actually research the teams in the English Premier League, or did you just choose based on their little logos? So I, it's it's early in the season. Yeah, yeah very so early. There's not, there's not much going on. They're all like one and one right now. Not a so lot of tape. Not a lot of tape. Not a lot of tape. Yep. Uh, I did notice uh, Tottenham is playing a team from Manchester, not the United, but... Messi! <laughs> and, I almost picked uh, Liverpool, but I thought you were going to. 
Yeah, they're playing Southampton, so uh, Liverpool and Southampton. Those are just two of our favorite teams to shout because we we like saying their names. We just like saying their names. Very good. All right, so that's your lock of the week, English Premier League. Coach, tell them what they should do. When we we, we say lock, what that means. Locks. I mean, it's not just a kind of we think they're going to win. You really need to go out and – just absolutely take your second, third, or fourth mortgage on that house. If you've done our other locks, then you've got to have at least five mortgages. Take it out, put it on this game, no questions asked, and wow, good things are going to happen. Put it on Maestro's pick, mm. not, not Coach's pick. Mm. The numbers like would bear the numbers would bear that out, Maestro. Okay, that's locks of the week. That means it's time for a little trivia. Tri- 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 trivia. 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 NFL preseason trivia. NFL preseason trivia brought to you by. Maestro. (laughs) (laughs) I thought we had a new, I thought we had a new sponsor on the show. I was excited. We haven't, we haven't had a new sponsor since the one episode where we had celery as the sponsor and then coach insulted celery and they immediately pulled out of their deal. That was that was my fault. I apologize. Oh, All right, NFL preseason trivia. I just thought nobody cares about the preseason, and very few people listen this far in the show, so it matched up perfectly in my mind. <laughs> Who's got an NFL preseason trivia question? Well, um, I got you. one. You go. You want me to go? Yeah. Want me to go first? Why do NFL owners love? Preseason exhibition games. Why? Yeah. Uh, owners love them because season ticket holders have to buy them, and they make money on them. That's that is true. That's part of it. Uh, I think yeah. they love them because um, there's really wow. good snacks in the stadium. <laughs> That's probably true too. Damn. No, they love them because. And this has always been the case. This is money that they don't have to share with the players because it's not part of the season. Oh, it goes all of that to them. money goes in their pocket. No wonder they don't want to drop it to two games. That's they want right. Yes. I did not know that. Holy cow! So, like, That's if I'm trying, if I'm trying to make the roster, and I just signed a training camp deal, I don't make more money for those games. No. Nope. Nope. No, nope. not at all. Nope. Hmm. No. Wow. Well, Maestro comes out with a strong preseason trivia question. I've learned something. How about you, Coach? What do you got? Well, I mean, mine, uh, I don't know if you other listeners know, but like when it goes with preseason, not preseason hype, but like records in the preseason, um, the Browns and the Lions – uh, both at one point, both went four and zero in the preseason, and both finished the season that year zero and sixteen. So it made me thinking: Is there has there ever been a team that went zero and four in the preseason and then went on to win the Super Bowl? And it has happened once. Oh, once. oh they had to go zero and four. They went zero and four, but then they went on and yeah. won the Super Bowl. Oh, do either one of you know? And then I will give hints to see if you can figure it out. Can you give us an era? Yes, it's in the 80s. In the 80s, okay. 
And then what I'll do next is I'll tell you the division, which yeah. should get you close. Is it the 85 Bears? Wrong! No, it is not. Damn. But <laughs> myself. God, such a dumb uh, guess. Okay. Punching it's myself okay. in the face. It's okay. Let's go with the let's go with the uh the Raiders. Wrong. Mm, no. No. Okay. So it's it was in night I'll even give you a year now. You ready for the year? Okay. It was uh well I'll give you the division. It was the NFC East. So the, the Giants. East, the the Giants, Giants, Eagles. Cowboys, Eagles, Cowboys, oh, okay. and uh, Redskins. Oh, the Redskins! Okay. It was in that. It was this probably the strike season. I'm thinking. So what year? Wasn't eighty-seven? Eighty-seven? Nope. Nope. Eighty-eight? Eighty-nine? Eighty-one? Eighty-two? Eighty-two? Well done! Nineteen eighty-two. The Redskins with Joe Theismann, John Riggins, Dexter Manley, Art Monk. That whole team went zero and four in the preseason, but won the Super Bowl. Only time it's ever happened. The hogs. The hogs. All right. Well, I've got another preseason record for you. It's multiple choice. The longest preseason field goal. Is it 67 yards, 65 yards, 61 yards, or 59 yards? That would be 65. In preseason. Preseason. In preseason. My guess, 65. 65, 61, or 63 and 61 and 59? Is that what you said? And, and 67. 67, no way. I'm going to say it was 61. Maestro got it. It is 65, 65 yards, which is one longer than the official record, but since it happened right. in a preseason game, it doesn't count. And it was by Ola Kimrin who was uh, at that time kicking for the Denver Broncos. Denver Broncos, sorry about that, 2003, and then he was released. Wow. I wonder if he kicked it in that thin air up there in, yeah. in Colorado. He missed every other kick, but he, but got he that missed that one, everybody. 65 yards. Yeah. So they, I mean, in their defense, they the veteran kicker they had was Jason Elam, who currently has oh, the you're longest not field goal. At and he was as good as it gets. He, he's, yeah. he was awesome. Actually, Matt Prater has the longest NFL record at 64, and there's like five guys at 63. So, yeah, yeah. Ola Kimran. And he uh, he got signed. He played in the World League, like for the Frankfurt Galaxy, and signed like multiple times with different teams, but never really became an everyday kicker. Man. Hmm. Ola Kimran. Ola Kimran. Went to UTEP. Mm. From Sweden. Mm, I never would have known. Sweden. Sweden. Ma- Malmo, Sweden. That's M-A-L-M and then an O with two dots over it. That's a good time. That's a oh. good city. That's a good times. Awesome. We ought to do yeah, a live broadcast a- from there. Malmo. Yeah. There's a there's a really good sh- there's a really good sh- chef from Sweden. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Is he from there? Yeah. Well, when yeah. when. Uh, when Kimran hit that, when he hit that field goal, I was like, Bergen, 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 Bergen. Bergen. All right, that's, uh, that's trivia. 
wrapping up trivia. NFL preseason sure. trivia went well. Let me just peek at our time. Yeah, we're doing okay. And we got Maestro on the final thought. That's always a, a quick one. What do you got, Maestro, for final, final thoughts? thoughts? Final thoughts. What are you saying, BMOC? Well, I mean, compared to like a 23-minute coach diatribe about oh. parental <laughs> over-involvement in Little League, I think... <laughs> <laughs> those are, but see, those are usually Maestro's final thoughts that he baits me in. I do, I do. That's so true. That's true. Maestro is the—he's the Socrates of final thoughts. It's just asking really the Socratic is. questions. Yes, he is. Let's get me involved. So, I—I I will say for my final thought, um, there's been a couple things that have happened in the last few days in social media that uh, gives me pause a little bit. Um, I just feel like. I know this has been going on with social media in a while, but it's like people need to just lighten up, chill. Like with the ridicule. I mean, it's 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 crazy. So there's two two stories that are kind of hot with social media right now. One is um, Tate Martell. Yes, you know he transferred yes. out of Ohio State to Miami, and he lost. He didn't get the starting job at Miami. So people are just tearing him to shreds. And then the other one is this uh, <laughs> this Bryson DeChambeau. He's a uh, slow play. He's a, he's a PGA golfer. He's young, one of the younger guys, but uh, he got tore apart for slow play. And um, it's just like, people need to just lighten up. I, I try to be positive on social media. Yeah. Um, I, you know, there's a lot of trolls out there that get some sort of gratification from ripping people apart, but man, I'll tell you what, I don't know what your thoughts are, but it just seems, it just seems like the negativity, especially on the sports side, I mean, we see it in across the industries, you know, the media and movie stars and music, but sports folks, man, they are, people are just ruthless. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, first of all, Maestro social media presence is a bucolic ray of sunshine in everybody's lives. Uh, he's a good follow on Twitter. <laughs> at, uh, what did you say? A what? A bucolic. A bucolic ray of, a bucolic ray of sunshine. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yes. that when I saw that Tate Martell thing blew up, I'm like, I'm like, this is like, this is crack to the trolls, right? Because he left Ohio State because he was afraid he wasn't going to get the starting job. Goes to Miami, doesn't get the starting job. Meanwhile, I think the guy he thought was going to have the starting job in Ohio State didn't get the starting job. He did. Justin Fields? Yeah, Justin yeah. Fields. He got it. And then who's behind yeah, so him? Nobody. Nobody. It would there, be him. There was another guy that and he left. left. That he that so left. Both after. guys left. So yeah. he would have been the backup at yeah. Ohio State, and now he's going to be the backup, or I'm, you know, I don't know, second yeah. or third string. But you know what? He took a chance. Yep. Okay. I mean, he took a shot. He didn't have a shot at Ohio State. He took a shot at Miami and didn't work. Yeah, he could. He could have gone to OU. Could have gone to the MAC. Guaranteed would have started. Oh yeah. Here's. So here's the thing. This might take the deep, the final thought into uh, a deeper zone. But so the story of Tate Martell, I mean, this guy has been hyped since he was, what, 14? Oh, yeah. People have been, you know, tooting his horn, you know, making him believe in himself and probably more so than he probably even had the skill for. But uh, and that's probably more the final thought here. You know, it, whose fault is it that this guy has sort of become a hype machine without ever really proving himself other than, you know, maybe playing high school at some South Carolina or not South, Southern California, wasn't it? Yeah. I, I mean, I mean, all the people around him feeding it. I mean, 
he was a dynamic yards eater type high school quarterback, but like if he would have been here and if urban Meyer maybe have stayed, maybe he's the quarterback now, but the stars didn't align. Mm-hmm. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I don't think he was being told a lot of truth because even going down there, I mean, the truth to him is that he's not a very good passer. He's a run first quarterback and he's going to Miami and they were, they, they had one of those and it wasn't very good. Hmm. So he was taking a shot thinking, well, I'm coming from Ohio state and I was going to be a backup. So I've got to be good enough to play at Miami. Well, he didn't perform and God bless him for taking a shot. But like sometimes there's the reality gets mixed with fantasy and these guys, you know, they drink the Kool-Aid, you know, and I don't blame him, but like everybody's been telling him that, Oh, I can tell, I can hear the people talking to him, man, you're going to be it. This is going to, this is going to be your shot. You're going to, this is going to do it. Yeah. You know, and, well, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, he's, I think he gets a lot, he gets beat up for being this sort of uh, media machine, but I mean, who created that? It wasn't him. Oh no. You know? Yeah. He, he, imagine being told when you're 14 that you're going to be, you know, a superstar. Right. And at 14, sure. you probably look like, you, but then he either didn't grow and other people got good too. And I, I think like Miami is like, one of the few places he could transfer and it's not really a huge knock on his ego to go from Ohio state to, to Miami, you know, they're Correct, roughly, yes. roughly on par with each other. So I, I will say right. I did see a tweet that said Tate Martell heading to the transfer portal. And then it was a, a gif of Forrest Gump running across the screen and I didn't laugh. <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Sorry, Tate, but, but I think my stress, right. You forget that these kids, these kids are kids. I mean, they are literally, they are kids. 17, 18, 19 years old. I swear to God, I was not making good decisions at that point in my life. I, I, I cannot hold it against him for trying what he, what he did. No, I'm still not making good decisions. So uh, yeah, and what, what was the it. other guy? Is a golfer that played too slow? Is that what you're saying, Maestro? Is that, so, yeah, is that even big... possible in golf? I, I was waiting for that. So here's the thing. There's a, it's a thing in baseball or in uh, golf right now where uh, they're trying to speed up the game. You know, obviously it's on way too long the team you know it's like a four and a half five hour round and they are trying to speed up you know i think they're giving them 40 30 40 seconds to hit a shot um and apparently that's this that's what the sport there. was missing shot clock <laughs> shot clock shot clock um but anyway even like his peers like some of his other golfing guys were ripping on him too on social media it's like Dude, this guy's winning tournaments. I don't know that you're doing yourself any favors ripping on somebody. And so this Bryson guy sort of came out and said, hey, you know, I'm working on my, you know, the speed of my game. He's like, but I will say I walk fast. <laughs> He's like, There's guys out there that are walking slow. Which is so funny. <laughs> I know. It's because because. <laughs> so so just to be clear, so, everybody, there's a very thin layer of perspiration on me as I walk from walking fast. Yes. <laughs> oh man, this is a, you are not you are not helping the get BMOC down on with golf cause at all with this one, Maestro. No, but I I think you'd enjoy it. It's 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 a golf fight, and you gotta love a good golf fight. <laughs> it's That's like right. that thing where you put your hand over your yes over your face yeah. with your uh, over your elbow. So oh, yeah, so, yeah right, I mean, well, come on. I'm giving Maestro the golf clap for that final thought. I'm too fast, too fast. Ooh, nice shot. Get in the yeah. hole. Long, Baba story, long story short. Long story. 
be nice. I mean, yes. the world is, is rough enough as it is. Don't feed the flames of some of these trolls that are out there um, with nothing better to do but to be mean. I agree. Uh, I'm sorry. I was just I'm finishing it. I'm just finishing a tweet now. My screw says be nice. Boo hoo hoo. Hashtag cry baby. Tweet. <laughs> <laughs> No, I agree with you, Maestro. There, the the world is a shitty enough place without shitty people saying shitty things on shitty platforms. But that appears to be the society that we've ended up with. Yes, I I, I have to agree with you on that. We, right. We'll blame our uh, our uh, baby baby boomer parents or older siblings for. I blame the millennials because it's easy to do. <laughs> <laughs> all right, bit of a downer for a final thought. So I know that closing hey! music's gonna. Wind us all up. Coach, what do people need to be looking for? Well, here's what you do. You need to get off that social media and saying all that negative shit. And you need to go into your closet. Grab that box. Find that David Blatt bobblehead. Never. Dave, David Blatt's never negative on social media. Never. David Blatt. And you say, good night, David. Sports Wednesday's all done. Uh, yeah, Doc. No, I've gotten in great shape and playing a lot of golf, but I'm walking really fast when I do. So. Really fast. Sports Wednesday is produced by Blue Monkey Communications and features basketball legend Matt Longley, the maestro Brian Hake, and me, Pete Brown. Some music and sound effects from today's show came from the websites audionautics.com and freesound.org. Visit sportswednesday.com for complete attribution. You can follow us on Twitter at Sport Wednesday, that's sport with no S, Wednesday, and on Instagram at Sports Wednesday. For more information about the board game Hoopsters, visit hoopsters.store, drop your email address in, and we'll keep you in the loop. Until next Wednesday, and on behalf of basketball legend Matt Longley and the maestro Brian Hake, I'm Pete Brown, the big man on campus, saying, good times, everybody. Good times. David Blatt.